Chapter Eleven of Baseball Joe in the Central League by Lester Chadwick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Donald Cummings. Chapter Eleven, Old Pop Consoles. Colin flashed a look of mingled scorn and triumph on Joe as he walked past him. It needed only this to make our hero feel that he had stood about all he could, and he turned away and tried to get rid of a lump in his throat. None of the other players seemed to notice him. Probably it was an old story to them. Competition was too fierce. It was a matter of making a living on their part. Every man was for himself, in a certain sense. They had seen young players come and old players go. It was only a question of time when they themselves would go. Go never to come back into baseball again. They might eke out a livelihood as a scout or as a groundkeeper in some big league. It was a fight for the survival of the fittest, and Joe's seeming failure brought no apparent sympathy. Understand me, I am not speaking against organized baseball. It is a grand thing, and one of the cleanest sports in the world. But what I am trying to point out is that it is a business, and from a business standpoint everyone in it must do his best for himself. Each man, in a sense, is concerned only with his own success. Nor do I mean that this precludes the love of the club and good teamwork. Far from it. Nor were Joe's feelings made any the less poignant by the fact that Colin did some wonderful pitching. He needed to in order to pull the home team out of the hole into which it had slipped, and not altogether through Joe's weakness, either. Perhaps the other players braced up when they saw the veteran Colin in the box. Perhaps he even pitched better than usual because he had, in a sense, been humiliated by Joe's preference over himself. At any rate, whatever the reason, the answer was found in the fact that Pittston began to wake up. Colin held the other team hitless for one inning, and the rest of the game, ordinary in a sense, saw Pittston march on to victory. A small enough victory, by a margin of two runs, but that was enough. For victory had come out of almost sure defeat. Poor Joe sat on the bench and brooded. For a time, no one seemed to take any notice of him, and then Gregory, good general that he was, turned to the new recruit and said, "'You mustn't mind a little thing like that, Joe. I have to do the best as I see it. This is business, you know. Why, I'd have pulled Colin out, or Tooley, just as quick.' "'I know it,' returned Joe thickly. But the knowledge did not add to his comfort, though he tried to make it do so but I'm getting a little ahead of my story. The game was almost over, and it was practically won by Pittston, when a voice spoke back of where Joe sat on the player's bench. It was a husky, uncertain, hesitating sort of voice, and it said, in the air of the young pitcher, Never mind, my lad. Ten years from now, when you're in a big league, you'll forget all about this. It'll do you good anyhow, for it'll make you work harder and hard work makes a good ball player out of a middle-class one. Brace up. I know what I'm talking about. Joe hesitated a moment before turning. Somehow he had a vague feeling that he had heard that voice before and under strange circumstances. He wanted to see if he could place it before looking at the speaker. But it was baffling, and Joe turned quickly. He started as he saw standing behind him, attired rather more neatly than when last he had confronted our hero, the tramp who he had saved from the freight train. 
on his part the other looked sharply at joe for a moment over his face passed shadows of memory and then the light came he recognized joe and with a note of gladness in his husky voice husky from much shouting on the ball field and from a reckless life he exclaimed why it's the boy it's the boy who pulled me off the track it's the boy of course exclaimed joe impulsively he held out his hand a shout arose as one of the pittston players brought in the winning run but joe paid no heed he was staring at old pop dutton the other player the has-been looked at joe's extended hand a moment as if in doubt then he glanced over the field and listened to the glad cries he seemed to straighten up and his nostrils widened as he sniffed in the odors of the crushed green grass it was as though a broken-down horse had heard from afar the battle riot in which he never again would take part back came the bloodshot eyes to joe's still extended hand do you do you mean it faltered the old ball player mean it mean what asked joe in surprise are you going to shake hands with me with a he did not finish his obvious sentence why not asked joe the other did not need to answer for at that moment gregory came up he started at the sight of dutton and said sharply how did you get in here what are you doing here didn't i tell you to keep away i paid my way in mr gregory was the sarcastic answer i still have the price well we don't care for your money what are you doing here the bleachers for yours he came i think he came to see me spoke joe softly and he reached for the other's reluctant hand i have met him before oh said gregory and there was a queer note in his voice i guess we've all met him before and none of us are the better for it you probably don't know him as well as the rest of us joe he he saved my life faltered the unfortunate old ball player in a way that was a pity returned gregory coolly cuttingly joe thought for you are no good to yourself dutton nor to anyone else as near as i can make out i told you i didn't want you hanging around my grounds and i don't now be off if i find you here again i'll hand you over to the police joe expected an outburst from dutton but the man's spirit was evidently broken for an instant just for an instant he straightened up and looked full at gregory then he seemed to shrink in his clothes and turned to shuffle away all all right he mumbled i'll keep away but you've got one fine little pitcher in that boy and i didn't want to see him lose his nerve and get discouraged as i often did that that's why i spoke to him poor joe felt that he had rather made a mess of it in speaking to dutton but he said afterward he would have done the same thing over again you needn't worry about matson said the manager with a sneer i'll look after joe i'll see that he doesn't lose his nerve or get discouraged i i hope you do said the old player and then with uncertain gait he walked off as the victorious pittston players swarmed in the game was over end of chapter eleven